and we are back finally with the start of the 2022 LCS season. My name is Christopher Fortenberry. I am your host of the Armchair LCS podcast, newly rebranded from the Draft Kingdom podcast. Uh, just to touch very brief- briefly on that, I don't want to go too much into it, but I really wanted to expand the horizons of what the podcast can be about and just really uh, show what I really value, and that is the progression of North American League of Legends and spreading awareness about it and what it is, and just generally talking about it and having an open dialogue. So I'm really excited about what this year has to offer, and we are going to jump into it with a wrap-up of the second day of the lock-in tournament. I was considering doing a similar style episode to the first day, but to be frank, the first day was a bit of a snoozer. Uh, All the teams that were supposed to win did win. It was cool that TSM's academy roster uh, picked up a win over FlyQuest using their main roster. Um, But other than that, 100 Thieves looked dominant. Uh, Cloud9 looked dominant. The only thing that I can think of for that that would be interesting would be the emergence of fudge in the mid lane he was looking very very strong yesterday um definitely has some improvements to make in terms of his micro and lane but he's acknowledged that himself so i'm not saying anything new or controversial in that regard but in day two there were definitely a lot more exciting storylines to uh follow up on and i'm going to highlight two games from the day we're going to go over the standings uh wrap those up and kind of talk about one thing that i found disappointing about the second day of the lock-in tournament now the first game we're going to go over and we're going to go over two games from one specific team and that is the evil geniuses i've been super excited about this roster and this upcoming season for them ever since they announced that they had acquired inspired from rogue who was an outstanding jungler in the lac last year and they also are promoted their academy mid laner jojo pm the zoomer god uh who was formerly a pro fortnite player who moved over to league thank you for coming over to the much superior game we appreciate that jojo but he got his debut this weekend and honestly just a massive congrats to jojo and the entire team eg ended up going two and oh on the day today picking up wins over team liquid and a surprisingly strong clg side um both of them coming rather convincingly the clg won a little bit more convincingly than the tl win the tl win was a bit back and forth until the very end but the clg Uh, game was rather easy to lock up and it was really impressive with Jojo considering that he was able to come into a game against Team Liquid against a guy like Bjergsen who's been around for so long he's done it he's been around the block MVP of the league multiple titles strong performances at Worlds every single year and he was extremely competitive in lane he ended up performing extremely well on the Corky and a lot of people are now starting to wonder okay this guy's had all this hype around him He comes in, he performs very well on his first day. How much can he keep this up? Because a guy like Bjergsen, he hasn't been playing a ton since he semi-retired two years ago when he was the coach of TSM last year. He he was playing solo queue. There were rumblings in some of the TSM Legends content pieces that he was playing solo queue more than some of the guys on the team. But he's been away from the competitive scene in terms of being a player for an entire year now. And it makes you wonder how back to his regular self is he right now. And I think that it's fair to assume that he's not 100% right now. But when he gets to that point, Bjergsen is going to be extremely scary to watch. And it'll be really exciting to watch how the Team Liquid roster develops. And in this game against EG, they ended up deciding to... Um, sit Hansama in favor of playing their bot lane 
of Core JJ and Yeon, uh, which was really interesting. Um, Yeon was making his LCS debut, and it could have been a really, really big game for him, but unfortunately, Bopo kind of ran it in the top lane. Uh, he was playing Scion, he was put on tank duty, um, and Impact just kind of made him look silly. But Bopo's another guy who's coming back to his original role in the top lane. He was not playing top last year at all. He had swapped jungle for his uh, summer split with Fnatic. And so in their first game against Dignitas, he looked very strong um, playing against some weaker competition like Fake God, who no one can ever accuse him of being the same caliber of player as Whippo. It's nothing against Fake God at all. Whippo is just the much more tenured player. He's made it to the finals of Worlds. He's made it to LEC finals. I'm pretty sure that he's won in LEC finals as well. So it's no no criticism to fake out at all. It's just, you know, when you got a player that's as tenured and as talented as Bwipo, you know, that's not exactly a whole lot of competition. But when you're going up against somebody equally as tenured, or sometimes even you can think of him as being more tenured as Impact, who's arguably, if not definitively, the greatest top laner in the history of the LCS, the matchup gets a little bit more difficult. Now, for Bwipo, it'll be really interesting to see how TL uses him going forward. Um, putting him on Scion duty in this game was kind of I don't understand that. I would think that they'd want to get him worked back into playing a lot of the champions he's known for, like the Aatrox or the Rengar, um, or some of these carry top laners, rather than having to put him purely on utility. Especially when you take a guy like Hansama out of the game and replace him with a rookie. You don't necessarily want to put the rookie in a lot of pressure, but I guess for the lock-in, they really wanted to see what Eon was worth because they put him on the Aphelios, and he performed very admirably. Um, I think that he was trading blow for blow with Danny, but that's the second thing that I want to take away from EG is that the Danny Vulcan pot lane is looking nasty. Um, Vulcan coming over from Cloud9, who had experience at Clutch Gaming before then, um, has been one of the best supports in the league for the last couple of years. Obviously, Core has been number one, but there have been, you know, weeks where or stretches of time where Vulcan was looking every bit as good, if not better than core. Uh, and it's really cool that he's able to work with a young talent like Danny after being with Zen for so long and kind of get out of that cloud nine system. And it'll be really interesting to see what they can do going forward as they continue to advance their relationship with each other and their understanding of each other's mechanics in the game. Because there were definitely some moments in lane where their trade patterns looked a little bit iffy. It kind of looked like Vulcan was uh, deferring to what Danny wanted to do. But Danny also seems to be a kind of person who can take advice from a, a more tenured player like Vulcan um, and take it not to heart, but to... I'm sorry, he can take it to heart, but not get offended by it. So with Danny, a lot of criticism was thrown his way last year because of his poor laning. And that was really the one thing that Danny really needed to work on. And based on today, I can definitely tell a bit of improvement. Um, I think that a lot of that definitely comes from being with a more experienced player like Vulcan. It's nothing against Ignar at all, but I mean, when it comes to it, Vulcan is definitely the more experienced and I think that he is right now a better support than Ignar was. Ignar definitely had more experience to give, but I think that Vulcan has a better grasp on what's going on in the meta right now and the way that the landscape is shaping up and can give Danny a little bit more advice in that regard. And I'm really looking forward to that uh, combination here in the future. I think that it's going to be really exciting to watch. And 
one the biggest thing for Danny that I took away today was his improve his laning has definitely improved. That was really cool. But you cannot give this man jinx. Oh my word. He got to play the jinx in the game against CLG and the game against TL, and he absolutely smurfed in both of those games. It was absolutely fantastic. It was unbelievable. And to think that after the TL game, CLG looked at it and they're like, oh yeah, uh-huh. Jinx, Danny? Jinx, yeah, this is fine. No, we've we've got no problems with this. You you can have it. You can have it. And they then CLG chose to play Kogma, which we're gonna talk about here in a minute. But I just think it's funny that he's being underestimated, even though he shouldn't be. I mean, he was obviously the rookie of the year last year. Him and Blaze Olive were both fantastic in the summer. And it's going to be really cool to see how he can pick up in the future and um, adapt to some different champions. It'll be really interesting if he can play a champ like the Ziggs, who I think is super broken right now. Uh, Seraphine, who I've always advocated for being played as an AD carry, is still being played. Uh, it was just played today by G2 in their win against Astralis, I believe it was. But... Um, their new AD carry played it to played serving today and it was very effective. So that champ's not going anywhere anytime soon. But besides the point, it's not we're not, we're not talking about LEC today. We're talking about the LCS. This is armchair LCS, not armchair LEC. Um but the Danny Vulcan partnership is looking to be very, very strong, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, and I think that the the coolest thing about EG is that they have so much young zoomer talent as the people on the desk were calling it today during the cast and i love that so much um jojo peon is 17 inspired is 19 i'm relatively certain that vulcan is pretty young hold on let me look this up here vulcan is relatively young and then you've got the elder statesman of the team uh impact who's been around for a while he knows what's up yeah vulcan's 22 so he's not super he's not as young as the other people on the team but he definitely isn't as old as he uh as some of the other sports in the league he's not nearly he's not nearly as old as people like core or um or who he but it'll be really really cool to see how this team develops and i think that this is probably the storyline that i'm most excited for this year is this eg team i am a native team liquid fan but even with the formation of this super team it's really cool that team liquid has me with whippo in the top lane santorin who's are always been a top three jungler in the lcs bjergsen in the mid lane the return of the king uh hansama and core is gonna be i think a top three bot lane once they get rolling probably in the middle of spring and the biggest thing from all of these games especially with teams like team liquid and a team that we're gonna talk about later is that we have to be very, very patient with them. A lot of these rosters are very new and are still being developed and they're still trying to develop chemistry with each other. So it's crucial that we don't overstep and don't get too worked up on the smallest little tiny things because a lot of the time it comes down to the chemistry between the players. And just because a player's name shows up on paper and looks great, Sorry about that. Um, I thought I heard something. Um, just because a player's name shows up on paper and you see it and you recognize it and you're like, oh, that player's on a lot, doesn't mean they're going to fit into the environment that they've been put in uh, with their teammates. And it'll be really interesting to see how all of these different teams shake out. I think that the team, in terms of their formation, that I think will work the best um, 
with all new players is Team Liquid. I think that they've got a lot of very good personalities that can go together. Um, Bjergsen and Kor can both share leadership responsibilities. I think Bjerg will definitely defer to Kor because since Kor has done it, um, I mean, he's won a world championship. He's been at Team Liquid the longest out of everyone on that team. So I think that Bjerg will recognize that and definitely be able to willing or definitely be willing to take a little bit of a step back in terms of the shot calling. But it'll be really cool to see how they progress. And then EG is just going to get better every single week. And I was um, I was in Tim uh, Seven Houston's chat during one of his recent live streams. And I talked to him on Twitter and just kind of reading some of the stuff that he has posted. And he said that, you know, the ceiling for Jojo Pion is multiple MVPs, probably multiple LCS titles. And I think that that is very fitting. Um, and I think that we might have, this is my total overreaction, very excited though. We might have our own North, true North American Bjergsen on our hands. I mean, of course, Bjerg is most notably associated with North America, but he's not actually from North America. So it's really, really cool that we can have our own native homegrown talent that could rival one day uh, Bjergsen's level of accomplishment. All right, I'm going to stop oozing over EG in their matchup against TL. We're going to move into EG's second game of the day, and that was against CLG. And now I can't really say anything too much different about EG. Um, another great game from Danny and Vulcan. JoJo played a fantastic game on the Victor, and Inspired continues to be one of the best, if not the best, junglers already in the LCS after a fantastic year. Uh, last year at Rogue. But the biggest thing I want to talk about in this game was CLG's performance. Now, CLG started off the day with a win against the Immortals, and they looked very, very strong doing it. Uh, the bot lane of Luger and Poom is looking to be very, very lethal. Um, but in this game, it didn't really get to shine because they played combination like Cog Lulu. Now, I don't think that Cog Lulu is a bad idea in and of itself in a vacuum, but you need to play a team around them that is purely designated to supporting the Cogma, and that just did not happen in the mid lane. Uh, this is what I was talking about earlier, where in the mid lane, in response to uh, JoJo's Victor, Palafox decided to play Akali. Now, the Victor Akali matchup is not great. I mean, Akali is going to be taking lasers to the face, and they chose to put Palafox into the situation. If if Palafox came out there and he freaking smurfed on him, absolutely destroyed him in lane, then I guess this move would be justified. But I feel like they should have played something more supportive towards the Kogma lane. Maybe something a little bit beefier. I'm not sure exactly what that would be. Maybe a Bruiser style champion. Like Aurelia was still up and available. They could have played Twisted Fate to give them a global to go roam down towards the bot lane after the new TP changes. Um, and they could have tried to set up plays on the bot side with you know Twisted Fate, which is the the ultimate roaming mid laner. Um, they could have tried to play Galio. I know Galio is not necessarily being talked about as being super meta right now, but if you're willing to play a bot lane that is off meta right now, like Cog Lulu, I mean, that I haven't even seen that since Worlds from last, not even Worlds from last year, like Summer Split, early Summer Split last year, where uh, a lot of teams nowadays are moving towards a lot of the Enchanter and not the hyper carries, but like a lot of heavy poke. Like Lux Ziggs has been really popular. Uh, Sona has been playing been being played a lot uh jinx is extremely popular right now as well but i think that for them to make a draft like that work they needed to play a lot more towards their bot lane which they did not end up doing and so they did not succeed in the game and luger and puma were never really able to get off the ground 
which was disappointing because I think that that's definitely their strongest point. Um, and I really hope that they can improve going into the future. And I'm also really excited to see their development. I think that they have the potential um, at their top end to be a top three or top four bot lane in the LCS. They're definitely an upper half of the league uh, pairing. But other than that, I don't th I don't see them ever surpassing a lane like Danny and Vulcan, especially if Danny doesn't go through a sophomore slump uh, similar to what Tactical did, which I don't think that he will, considering that we saw Tactical begin his slump in this at this point. Uh, last year during a lock-in tournament and Danny is not showing any signs of slowing down anytime soon um, But CLG is also another one of those teams that you have to just give time to you have to be really patient with them They're in a completely new roster and a relatively bad organization like CLG and I would be extremely patient with them and um, Give them all the time in the world to develop because they're also a very young team and with that I think that oh no I have one more thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, Immortals. Very disappointing day. Um, they went 0-2, and they had a loss against CLG, in which CLG just outplayed them. And I think that CLG has a lot more upside right now, and they have a lot more potential than Immortals does. Immortals is a relatively old team, comparatively speaking. That is, of course, they're all in their 20s, but Immortals has a roster featuring guys like Power of Evil and Wild Turtle who have been around for a while. And I think that that's really, really good in terms of um, leadership and experience on the team. But when you have a roster featuring people of that caliber, you kind of expect a little bit more coming out of them. They also have a guy like Revenge who played extremely well last year. I'm really excited to see how he develops this year. One of my favorite players from last year, in fact. Um, his story is fantastic how he had to grind it out in academy for so long to get a spot on a team like immortals he had a disappoint a bit of a disappointing day today but their game against clg although it was sad clg just played better um there wasn't really a whole lot that immortals could do but in the game against dignitas oh my word the game against dignitas came down to a stolen baron from a guy blue who's branded to the lcs as well who was playing with one hand because the poor guy broke his fingernail in warm-ups before the game the team was doing some sort of exercise and the man broke his fingernail and stole baron on zoe using one hand i mean massive props to blue but very sad for the immortal squad that a lot of people have very high expectations for considering the names that they have on the team and I'm definitely one of those people. I think that they can do great. I think that they can be an upper half team, top five, um, not not necessarily competing with the likes of TL and EG, but I think that they can maybe take off a game from a team like um, TSM. I think that they can definitely take games off of them. They might be able to take a game off of 100 Thieves. Uh, I'm personally not the strongest on 100 Thieves. Um, I thought that a lot of the problems that TL had last year were related to their bot lane with the pairing of Tactical and Core JJ. I think Tactical definitely took a, a, a massive step back, but I'm really looking forward to what he can do now with a guy like Hansama in his lane. Uh, Core JJ, that is. I think that you know Core is one of the, the best supports that we've ever seen here in, in the West, and when you're pairing him with a guy like Hans, who had such a great year last year and was an absolute juggernaut in the LEC and played greater worlds, it'll be really cool to see how they can develop and how they can uh, win going forward uh, through their expansive uh, talent bot lane.
but the same message that i've been preaching with all of these teams so far with immortals is that we've got to be patient with them i don't think that we can really make any judgments with them until uh, week three week four of the lcs regular season i mean this lock-in tournament means basically nothing a lot of teams are playing with their academy rosters especially in group a which is partially why i didn't recap them because it's all academy rosters and we basically know what's going to happen with them um I am looking forward to talking about Academy, though, in the following weeks. I'm going to try and do an Academy wrap-up along with these LCS wrap-ups and midweek Academy news and LCS news. Um, but with the time that I have remaining here that I want to use, I want to kind of talk about the direction that the show is going to be going in. Um, going forwards, I know a lot of goings, but we're really getting there. <laughs> um, with this show, I really want to do these wrap-ups um talking about some games that i really like a lot of people that i'm looking forward to seeing talking about the storylines especially with young rookies exciting rookies like jojo pion the return of bjergsen what imt can do with this semblance of kind of an older guard of players mixed with younger players um clg with the brand new roster trying to redeem a rather poor year last year um you know things like that that i find really interesting about the game i will never call myself an expert in everything league in terms of gameplay or mechanics i am purely an observer an excited fan who wants to share his experiences with everybody and really get the word out there about what the lcs means and because it's a fantastic league it's a fantastic project and i love it so much and growing this show would be an absolute amazing achievement for me and um, doing things like these recaps, midweek news, any breaking news that comes out, I want to definitely be able to record and post here on this podcast. And um, yeah, covering Academy, um, mixing in LA coverage of LEC, because I watch the LEC as well, very religiously. Um, the LEC and the LCS, if my sleep schedule wasn't so terrible, I would try and watch the LPL and the LCK, but I can only watch VODs, so whenever I can. So. Um, thank you so much for tuning in to the first episode of the new season under a new banner of the Armchair LCS. And I hope that you have a great rest of your day. We will be coming back to you with day three. This will be day three of the LCS Lock and Tournament coverage. Um, looking to be some good games tomorrow. Sorry about that. I accidentally stopped the recording. Wow, what a rookie mistake. But there's going to be some really good games today. I'm really, really excited about where uh, this tournament is going. Uh, my personal pick for the winner of this entire thing, I think EG is going to come away with it. I think that EG is going to end up matching up with Cloud9 in the finals. I'm not picking 100 Thieves to make it to the finals. The Fudge Factor is going to come out. He's going to absolutely smurf on Abadage. It's going to be great. Um, but EG versus C9 in the finals, I've got EG winning 3-1. to one, And... Uh, I'm really excited for how it turns out. Thank you very much. Stay tuned, and I'll talk to you later.